Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Podcast. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for 45 years, and each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about our Basic Course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com. Tonight, we are talking about constructing your reality. We are very excited to bring you this special training, followed by a Q&A session where we will be answering your questions. First off, we have Mr. Rob Rowe with us. Rob is one of the facilitators in the basic division. He has been involved with PSI seminars for over 22 years, including the Life Success Course and Men's Leadership Seminar. Rob is an avid golfer, loves to read, and is involved in a number of charities. Rob, are you with us? I am on. Thank you very much, Kat. Welcome. Welcome. I'm very excited about tonight's topic, um, constructing reality or looking at your reality and noticing how you divide or create your reality. is always an exciting topic because I get to share about one of what I think is one of the more powerful tools that we use in the basic and I think is actually the purpose of what Psy7, Psy7, the life success course is all about. So when you construct your reality, um, I guess the first question I got to answer, or at least the first thing we need to look at is the way you know that you can construct or reconstruct your reality is because you already have constructed the reality that you presently own. The reality that you live in right now is something that you have put together. You yourself have put together over a period of time, and so it's taken possibly years, 20, 30 years to make it happen, most of us 10 to 12 years, but for the most part, you put it together piece by piece, uh, belief by belief, and you have infused it into your daily lifestyle, and now you live your life in accordance with it. And so part of a personal growth seminar work is to have you see what you've done presently and see if it's in alignment or not in alignment with what you want in your world and then give practical tools or ways to bust it up, break through it, transform, do something different than you've done before so you can have the kind of reality that's in alignment with your desire. So when we look at our reality, I say you construct what you have. Your beliefs around the world, like is it a dangerous place, is it an unsafe place, or is it a safe place? Um, what kind of world do you live in? Is it the kind of world where people cannot be trusted, or is it the kind of world where people can be trusted? I remember when I grew up, my mom very clearly let, it, let us know as children that we cannot trust people. We should never trust them. And so through per, you know, statement by statement by statement, she was actually you know, showing her belief system is the world's not trustworthy. She kind of grew up in the Depression, and so her world was basically an unsafe world, a very dangerous world. And so quickly infused into my system was those same type of belief systems. Did you, did you grow up about take care of yourself first, me first all the time, or was it, you know, outward focus? What's in it, you know, how do I do things for other people as, long, as well as get things for myself? What's your wealth consciousness like? If you want to know what your wealth consciousness is like, like the rest of your reality, all you got to do is look at the results that you've created. One of the dictums that we use in such seminars is fairly simple. Base a person, if you want to test a person or know a person, test them or base them upon their results. Often harsh and always fair. And so on your results, that basically is what you, you believe internally you are worth or that you deserve. And so start looking at your wealth consciousness. You created that construct. You put that together based upon how you grew up. And so that's something that you fuse together and you are now living in accordance with and you're doing your best to battle either by altering it, transforming it, or elevating it. What are the quality of, qualities of your what is the quality of your intimate relationships? How deep do you go? How connected do you feel? How much conversation do you have? How often do you argue? How long do you get disputes? How often do you actually make up and get through those disputes? How long do you hold on to grudges? All of this you constructed based upon your life, based upon your experience of your family as you grew up. Raising children, that too came in. How do you raise children? What are you supposed to do with them? I find in my culture what happened was we were in reaction to the culture prior to us. So rather than raising children, we instead tried to befriend our children. And we tried to become their best friends and get along with them along the way. Um, that, had its, that had effects that were positive, I believe, in effects that I think were detrimental for them and for our society. 
but we were in reaction, at least I was in reaction to how I was raised. I was never going to treat children the way I was treated. Unfortunately, some of the venues we chose to react to didn't quite, didn't weren't well thought out, but more just reacted and taken on. What are your beliefs in God? What are your beliefs in no God? All this came up when you were younger. Faith systems. Your faith system came up when you were younger. It was infused in you. You constructed that reality based on your relationships with family, with friends, with your society. And so you put all that together. What are your beliefs about men? What are your beliefs about women? All of these things you have put together throughout your life. See, in the seminar world, one of the first one of the first matters we have to deal with is that we are responsible for our life. You're the source of what you have right now in your present world. We have to hold that because if we don't hold that, then nothing in your world can truly be altered. If you are at cause versus being the cause of what's happening to you, that means you are a victim to a reality, and you can only do your best to fight or defend yourself within that reality. But if you can actually own that you're the source of that reality, however mundane, however hostile, or however joyful and however excited, then you know and only know now you can make different choices and different actions in that reality and create a sense of power versus powerlessness, create a sense of ownership versus a sense of non-ownership. And so you are responsible. The second one we always use, the context that we always use is simply this, you're also capable. You're capable of handling whatever comes up for you. What's true right now happening in your world is happening in your world because you can actually do something different, alter it, transform it. You can, you can do something with it. It isn't doing something to you that you are not allowing it to do to you. You're giving it permission to make you feel bad or to make you feel good, to make you feel sad, angry, hurt, um, upset, or joyful, excited, hopeful, you're the one giving it permission because you're the one who's generating it, and you're genera generating it for a very particular reason. Now, we use, when I use that word generate a lot of times in the basic, I realize that what I'm telling you is that you're the one. It comes from you. It's like a generator. A generator generates electricity to, to power things that need electricity, but a generator is actually run by gas. You, as a human being, are running a certain way, and you are generating things outside of yourself. Almost like a generator converts gas into electricity, you're converting thoughts into energy and into movement. And so all you got to start doing is looking at the results that you have in your life and ask yourself, is this really what I want? Am I truly creating something that's in alignment with who I say I am? Now, the next question a lot of people simply ask was, well, who am I really? Well, on the basis of we use a thing called a value circle to give a model or a construct, which I think is a very powerful model and construct, by which we can simply look at ourselves and go, all right, so who am I and what's happening, and how am I actually being responsible for the world that I am creating? In the middle of the circle, it brings we put in the word authentic self. Authentic self, that basically means you. You can think of the qualities of a three- to four-year-old. Their qualities are things like honesty. You know, We call it brutal honesty, but it's not. They're just being honest. They're too young to have filters. They haven't learned to reason and logic at that point. They're all experiential, and so they just share reality as they understand it. And so if you tell them something like, I remember my mom was trying to get my little my, my sister's daughter to tell her that she was beautiful. My mom was, isn't grandma beautiful? Isn't she gorgeous? And I remember Ryan in the, at Thanksgiving time saying out loud for everybody here, oh, no, grandma, quite frankly, you're kind of ugly not using the word quite frankly, but she used a word similar to that, and the whole room just froze because she doesn't lie. She doesn't love my mom, my, my mom because of her look. She loves my mom because she's your mom. And so those filters have not gotten into place yet, so she just told the truth. Not a brutal truth, just the truth. And so they're honest at that level. They're open at that level, vulnerable. We have a lot of vulnerability. People take care of us, and we don't question who feeds us. We don't question who changes us. We don't question which just we are very vulnerable and open to all that happens around us. We're urgent. We want things now. We want to take care of things now. When we're happy and joyful, you can feel it. It's like it's ecstatic. People get it. Wow, you, they are so happy. It's like a, a, a child is contagious with their joy. And when they're angry, you can feel that too. And they let themselves be truly angry. They feel all of their anger and they express it. And when they express it completely, it's done. Then they just move on. They get mad at one another. They go through this little confrontation and then it's over. 
What I notice with us as adults, we hold on to it for months, years sometimes, and hardly ever let it go. But as a child, boom, experience it, move on, experience it, move on. Discovery, exploring things. The biggest question is why, 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 why? And so all these qualities truly are at your inner self. Each and every one of the each and every one of us, we have still these qualities inherent in us. We were born with them. Something came along to where we have we have basically deadened them, pushed them down a bit, shoved them off a bit, and in some ways ignored them. And in many ways, for a lot of humanity, I've noticed, we've just become numb to them. We've decided thinking is the most powerful process on the planet, and emotions have no place. So we've gone totally into our heads, and we're not emotionally connected anymore. But these are primarily inside of us, and they're there for us to live full, fulfilled, happy, and joyful lives. That is in you. What happened at a certain age, you began to create a thing called programs. Programs were designed based off your thinking. Programs are like you would see in a computer. They're a series of commands or a series of syntax that basically makes something happen faster. It's, it's the way you push your, uh, on your icon on your desktop. You double-click the icon Word, and what happens is a series of commands goes up for Word to actually open up. You have to think out those commands. I mean, in my life, I used to work with a thing called MS-DOS. In MS-DOS, you change directories, go down simple directories, give a series of commands, and finally press start, and then some, finally something would open. But you had to go through those series of commands. So what happened when we, became, when we were younger, especially when we were totally experiential, we absorbed a lot of the realities around us without filters. We just absorbed them. And so they became programmed inside of us as little habitual thinking processes that took place. We began to believe the way people around us believe. We began to see the world the way people around us saw the world. See, programs are, are developed through either by repetition so something's been repeated over and over and over again, or basically they, you know, they develop with, with uh, emotional involvement and emotional happening takes place and they're, they're infused within us. So what happens is that all that authentic self is there, then all of a sudden all these programs and these ways of thinking and these ways we inherited to see the world, all this stuff has been established within us. And so now that starts coming out through our attitude and through our feelings around the world. And so our attitude around the world generally is anybody's facial expression. If you've ever seen them, people have these attitudes where they have like the, they have a stone face almost. They're afraid to show their cards. Some people, they're rather joyful or giddy. You can see they have a smiling or happy personality, but it comes through their attitude. You feel their attitude. You feel their feelings. Even though people think they're masking feelings, you can still feel their feelings. So those begin to permeate around us based upon our thinking processes and our program processes. Then what happens is that we now create behaviors and actions that are in alignment with these attitudes and feelings. And from those behaviors and actions, now we create our results. A simple program I talk about a lot, which many people can understand, is that uh, driving a car. There was a point where you actually had to learn how to drive a car. I mean, you really thought about a thing called 10 and 2. There's a thing now anciently thought of, but there was a thing called a blinker that you used, and you actually used it quite often to move from place to place. You thought where you were going. You were consciously aware when you change lanes. You are consciously aware when you turn turns. Now, for the most part, this is all programmed within us. Many of us can drive home with every intention of stopping by the grocery store, then find ourselves pulling into our, park, our, our, our own parking lot at home going, how did I get here? Well, who was driving the car? You were on program mode to give your mind other things to do or other things to think about. So that's like a simple program and how it operates. Um, and then we bring it down simply in these things. Your conscious mind, we have a three levels of consciousness model. We use these two models oftentimes to explain how we create our realities. Your conscious mind or the mind that's in control of a lot of things. That's a, that's a, your conscious mind deals with reality through reason and logic and through the five senses. And so it's taking in all information via your reason and logic, your mental processes, and then through your experiential process when it comes to feeling, touch, taste, sound, and taste. And so it's dealing with reality in those ways and that way. So when you're taking things in, you're literally taking in a lot like a periscope would come up through the ocean and start looking around. You're seeing them and you're registering them on a reason and logic basis, and you're actually taking them in via your senses. And then you're telling your conscious mind, your subconscious mind, what do you want to do with the reality that's around you? 
Your conscious, unconscious mind, now it's where a lot of things are stored. Your unconscious mind doesn't have the same filters as the conscious mind. Your unconscious mind basically just do, does whatever it is your conscious mind tells it to do. In your unconscious mind, what you have is things like, oh yeah, just the unconscious mind for a second. A lot of people go, what do you mean unconscious mind? So I'll ask you a simple question. Do you talk to yourself? Now, many people on this call, you just went, I don't know. Do I talk to myself? What does he mean? Well, that means you talk to yourself. We talk to, we talk to ourselves a lot. We talk to ourselves like between 30 and 60,000 words a day. We talk to ourselves a book a day. It's a book a day we're talking to ourselves. Start looking and noticing what you're putting into that book. So, yeah, we talk to ourselves all the time. And so that talking to ourselves, we're talking to our subconscious mind. We're giving um, inquiries. We're telling our subconscious mind what we want. We're uh, giving requests. Things are always happening into our subconscious mind. In our subconscious mind, that's where our memories reside. That's where our emotions reside. That's where our intuition resides and our, our creativity resides. In the subconscious mind, what happens down there, we have the autonomical nervous system. And the anatomical nervous system is the thing that makes you blink, makes you breathe, makes you it makes you it makes you um, your heartbeat takes care of your circulation. It regulates all the things that are happening in your body. All that's being done from the subconscious level. You have no need to think about it. You don't think about growing your hair. You don't think about your hair falling out. You don't think about your body growing physically. You don't think about needing to be hungry. This is all taken care of internally in the subconscious mind. And ultimately, also in the subconscious mind, this is where our programs are stored because they're stored right alongside of our memory patterns. And so what happens is we, li we liken it um, to the your subconscious mind. Its job simply is to creatively create a world that's in accordance with the truth as you see it. And so when you give it a command from your conscious mind, your subconscious mind nearly checks in and starts pulling up memories and intuitional situations, creative processes, all in alignment with the programs that dictate how you think your reality should be. And so those coincide together, and they create your reality. In essence, you are creating your reality. Unfortunately, your reality is not merely being created by your conscious mind. I want to be wealthy. What happens in your conscious mind, you say, no, I want to be wealthy. I want to have $100,000 in the bank. I want to have $2 million in the bank. I want to have $200 million in the bank. Well, what happens is it goes down into your subconscious mind, and your subconscious mind goes, well, to act in accordance with the reality as you see it, you don't deserve $200 million. You don't deserve $2 million. As a matter of fact, you feel you only deserve $20,000 a year because that's all your dad made, or that's all your mom made. That's all your household made, and you really haven't worked through that process yet. And so since you haven't educated that program system, we will basically ensure that you get something like 20000 a year. And you can be frustrated and angry about it all you want, but that's you creating your reality. That's your constructs around your reality. It's your conscious mind interacting with a subconscious system that's going to make sure it creates what you say you want, not totally from a mental standpoint, but from an internal belief and value standpoint that was all established based off of a lot of programming that you either absorbed or assimilated or took in or repeatedly taught or had an emotional experience that was basically infused into your system. As you can tell, this can be a problem. Because the point is, your conscious mind is like Aladdin. And Aladdin is asking the subconscious mind, which is the genie, and telling it what it wants. That's all Aladdin does. It just it tells the genie, this is what I want. It makes requests. And the genie's response is pretty simple. Your wish is my command. It gives the conscious mind whatever it wants. Unfortunately, it gives the conscious mind whatever it wants in accordance to the reality that it believes it deserves. And so if the conscious mind believes that all relationships should be tragic, Subconscious mind will basically go through and say, okay, we'll make sure this relationship somehow turns out tragic because we're, we're very creative, we're very intuitive, and we're very powerful because this is what you believe in subconscious level you deserve. So you can see there's some problems that come up here when it comes to constructing our reality. We at much at some level, we need to deal with these programs or these belief systems that we've infused into our subconscious throughout our life.
as I told you, program thinking is established by either repetition or emotional involvement. Either, you either absorbed it because in the, in the zero to five range, zero to four range, it was absorbed for the most part. There was not a lot of thought process going on into it. You just accepted it as reality and as belief systems and you held to them. And so you heard it over a period of time, you experienced it, and now you believe it. Now, for others of us, we had events took place, you know, maybe hostile events or frustrating events. I can remember a parental event that took place for me, and I, I attached an emotion to it. And when I attached that emotion to it, which I took it as a belief. I remember my dad standing over me, and I was really small, saying in an anger tone, what's wrong with you? Are you stupid or something? And I remember at the time not understanding what he said. Something must be wrong with me. I must be stupid or something. So that became a program belief system. So for the future of my life, every time I told my subconscious I wanted something particular, my subconscious went, yes, you do. But what you believe is nothing's wrong with you. You're stupid. And so you're going to act in accordance with that. And so my genie just gave me my response. And so what even takes place, and what I've learned when I was doing the advanced classes and actually looking into my own life, is that a belief, what happens, it has a tendency of turning into what I refer to as a belief truth. See, the problem is truths are complete. They're unquestionable. They're like static. Beliefs, on the other hand, they were never meant to be static or unquestionable. Beliefs are dynamic and permeable. They are made to, they're meant to embrace experiences within our reality, and through that taking in of information, they're meant to be strengthened, matured, and expanded so that our consciousness and awareness becomes ever bigger and more powerful, in essence, so we grow. When a belief truth, on the other hand, has now become static, what it does, it doesn't welcome anything remotely new or remotely challenging. If something new or challenging comes against a belief truth, it will actually defend itself or it will attack to ensure its safety, to ensure it maintains its place. It's infused in a time frame and it refuses to move out of that time frame. In so doing, this action reveals its very nature because the reality is not a truth because truths, they don't need that. Truths do not need to be defended. A truth never needs to be defended. There's not a lot of truths on the planet, but when they're there, you know them, they don't need to be defended. Beliefs, on the other hand, always can be matured. They can always be expanded. And so what happens is when you find a part of you reacting or getting angry or challenging or defending or actually attacking, one of your belief systems, one of your program systems are now in a place of being challenged. To be grown, new information is coming in, and there's a part of you that refuses that mature maturation process to begin. And so, you'd rather be right in this scenario and hold this belief to be a truth versus what it is really, really a belief. And so, like I said, this action basically reveals its true nature. It's a, it's a, it's a belief that's become static. It's become blocked. It's become lost in the past somewhere. It's a belief of a five-year-old around its world. It's a belief of a seven-year-old when it comes to men or women. It's a belief of a nine-year-old when it comes to wealth and wealth consciousness. And it never had a chance to mature because it's always stayed back in that realm. Because of, because the of truth, like I said, it, does, it needs no action. There's no defense necessary. So now, there's the issue. That's what's going on. So what do you do? The reality is this. What you do not work on is going to work on you. So many of us, we find frustrations in our world, we find discord in our world, we find disharmony in our world, we, are, we find ourselves not getting along with humanity, we find ourselves not getting enough money we want, we find ourselves not living out the liberty that we want. Well, that's us working on us. Our belief systems are screaming out to be matured. Our belief systems are screaming out to be broken up a bit so they can be actually brushed off and something new needs to be done with it. So in the basic, one of the most powerful tools I've experienced is a spirit tool called the realm of now and the realm of meaning. Simply put, the realm of now is a realm. It's, it's a realm. It's like a kingdom or a fiefdom or an area or um, it's, a, it's an area of an influence or an area of significance. In our world, one of the realms that we live in is a realm called the realm of now. These are events that took place within our life. 
Events in and of themselves, they're just events. They don't have emotional energy on them. There's nothing involved. Uh, they have no inherent significance to them. They're just an event. They're, it's, 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 a, it's a chronological version of all your nows. Like this now has now become an event as before. That now is now an event. Earlier nows within this conversation, I might have said things that upset you, made you mad. Well, now that's an emotional now that you've actually attached a story to to give it an emotional energy. Because the truth is, I just said something. What I said was just something. It has no inherent significance. It's words that I'm using to actually construct some sort of argument to assist you and others to move forward in their world and live a life of joy and happiness. But when we have energy on it or we have frustration on it, one, it's become a lifeline that we want to hold on to that's going to actually help us break up our reality or two, it's become something that we're going to defend against or attack so we can maintain our reality. I call it in the basic, you're either you're creating one a, a exit strategy or you're creating a committed strategy. Commitment to yourself strategy means embracing it, using it to move forward. Exit strategy means you're going to attack against it because you don't want to move forward. You want to stay where you are. You like being this way. That's the biggest frustration. Based on results, most of us like our life the way it is. Even though you can say, no, I hate this. No, based on results, a part of you likes this. It's basically living out a belief that you have of yourself. So the realm of meaning, it's the power is this. We have the now, 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 now. And then we have what we refer the realm of, I mean, the realm of now is the now, 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 now. The realm of meaning is now the stories that we place on certain nows. Not all of them. Not all now gets a story. But we place stories on certain nows. And we put enough energy on that story that we place upon that now, we give it a life to where now it begins to replicate itself over and over within our life. And so we use the phrase, what you resist, you it persists. And uh, what, you, what you embrace, you begin to see more of in the world. I liken it to purchasing a brand new vehicle. Before you bought the vehicle, you wanted to have something unique that no one else on the planet had. But all of a sudden, once you buy it, it seems like everybody's got one of these things. They're all over town. It's like, what are they doing? Giving these things away? No, what's happened is you're now purchased a car, your story purchased something, and then now is like you want it, you you say you're unique, but you fear that you're not, so you see them everywhere. You believe you're unique, you will not hardly see one of them around except for very cool people driving them. If you believe that women are horrible, you will choose horrible women, even though there's plenty of healthy women around. If you believe men are horrible, you'll choose unhealthy men, even though there's plenty of healthy men around. Because that story keeps needing to make itself right. And you create what's called a closed loop within the system that now basically fortifies an ancient belief that's dying to be renewed. This is going to lead towards something. One, breakdown or breakthrough. Breakdown means you'll start destroying yourself at some level. You start medicating yourself through drugs, alcohol, working. Something's going to take place, but you've got to medicate yourself to get out of it. Breakthrough, you're going to look through some pattern or something that will alleviate this particular spiral, this downhill trend. Because it becomes, after a while, you feel helpless, lost, and unable to do anything with your world. In the basic realm of now and realm of meaning, the simple press is this. These two are not connected. You made up the story. Whatever story you made up, you can go back, break it up, and make up a new story. You can make up a story that's better about you. You can make up a story. What if you made up a story? Like what if you made, what if, what if you made up a story that I am sexy, powerful, loving, and people want to be with me? What do you start making that story up? And you start believing that over and over again. And then you start looking in reality where it affirms that story. Yep, there it is. They called me. Yep, there it is. This happened. Yep, there it is. Because you'll start seeing it. And as you start seeing it, it'll start fortifying that story. And that story is merely a new belief that you made up about yourself. And now you create a new cycle. But it'll be a healthy, healthier cycle that's more in alignment of your conscious decisions and conscious choices of who you want to become. But those conscious choices are going down into an archaic belief system and busting it up. It served you to believe that you were ugly and not enough. It got you through a lot of life. It got you through a lot of pain. But now it's not serving you anymore. That belief needs to be transformed. It needs to be renewed. And the renewal is that belief got me here, but it can't get me any farther. 
The new belief I need right now is I'm a powerful man. I'm a man of my word, destined for greatness. I'm a man who can take action and make things happen. And so once you start telling yourself these things, yeah, then old belief systems are going to jump up. You'll hear them go, oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. That's the, that's the avenue you explored. You explore back to the story. What's the story that keeps coming up? What's the event that it's attached to? And then you look at that event and you say simply, does this event really mean that I'm not enough? Or did a five-year-old kid make up that's what it meant to make their parents right? Did this four-year-old kid make that up about that event so he could survive? Did a seven-year-old boy or girl make that up about that event so they could make sense somehow? And if you say, yeah, they made it up, well, now you can make up a new story around that event and then start allowing it to assimilate through the rest of the stories that you've made up. It's a trickling of force. It's a tipping point force that once you begin to take on, you'll begin to realize it within your life. Literally, you'll start experiencing breakthroughs throughout your life because now you don't see the problems in your world or the challenges in your world as problems. You see them as something to embrace because they're, it's a, Failure is an enlightenment that's going, to, that's, going to, it's going to, that's going to lead to your growth. Because once you see, well, why did I fail here? Why did I choose failure over success? Oh, because it fortifies the belief that I'm not enough. Oh, okay. I still believe that somewhere. All right, let's break that up a bit. And so it gives you actually something tangible to work with to start breaking some things up in your world. That's a truly powerful aspect in the basics. And then the other thing I can simply say, that's why we designed Site 7 the Life Success Course. Life Success, Success Course is a transformational training. It gets you to these places to where you bring these stories up, and then through a series of virtual your actions, movements, you're creating new muscle memories and new actions that actually fortify a new thought process around you so you can experience this thing called transformation. Transformation in a seven-day period. And so once you've done it once, you now know you can replicate it whenever you want. Because the ultimate goal is not just merely education of old belief systems, maturing of old ways of thinking, but it's truly transforming you into a new version of you moment by moment by moment. An exciting process. And as luck at the time, I know I'm running out of time. So, Kat, um, I know you're about to come on and say, all right, Rob, time to be quiet now. Well, we do have questions. Before we go into questions, I just want to take a moment for everyone on the call who has not yet done our classes. If you want more tools to support you in constructing the reality that you desire, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to achieve goals beyond what you previously thought possible. And if there are results you really want to create in your life, at the PSI Basics Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. Uh, the Basic is an experiential class uh, where you will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. Again, if there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself and your life, then go to PSI basicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's psibasicseminar.com. Now for some questions. First off, from DL, my reality, as I see it, seems particularly negative and very resistant to change. What extra measures can I use to address this problem? Okay, so DL, you're not um, unlike a lot of people, I believe, uh, in that we have a tendency of seeing what's happening around us in a rather negative way. Um, what I've experienced is to just go through my personal, my personal life, my experience with my mom and how I grew up around her and what took place with me because of her influence upon myself, I too took on a rather negative or cynical way of seeing the world. That critical way of seeing the world has a lot of positives to it. We begin to realize it. 
uh, because that to be extremely negative, you got to be extremely aware. To be very aware, that has very powerful ramifications. And so, if one thing to notice, if your mind is working that way, it has a huge amount of power, and all you really got to do is turn it around. Turn it around. You have a reason why you want to be negative. That's one of the things you got to look at. Negativity is actually a payoff for you. You're getting something for it. We as human beings don't do anything without a payoff. And so you got to start looking at why, what's the benefit for me to be negative? What's the benefit for me to be down on reality? What's the benefit for me to be cynical? Because there are benefits. One, it keeps you emotionally removed from the world. You may have a negative mindset, but you're not emotionally actually attached to what's happening in your world. And so you have a mindset about it, but you never get a chance to feel it. Unfortunately, you never get a chance to feel the good parts about the world. Once we become mental, we actually become numb and stop feeling all things. And we only look to our mentality to actually create some sort of experience within our reality. And so since you're really good at being negative, it's one of the things you actually perform the most at. So I would take a hard look at why. Why am I doing this? I know why I did it. I was negative and cynical a lot of times because it's funny. I would get a lot of attention from people. Another reason I would do it is because I got, I got people um, basically, basically to leave me alone. It kept me away from people. And I got to admit back then, you know, I, although I, 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 people, I was afraid of people. I didn't want to get too close. Everybody I got close to, I got hurt. And so I made up stories around, no, no, this is not going to happen, which has made it very easy for me to go up into my head and very easy to be critical and negative about the world. And so I'm just telling you, you got to search out and find out what, what am I getting out of this? And you got to give yourself a time limit. Look at yourself 10 years from now. If you continue to be on this path, what's the result in 10 years? That's always a practical tool I use all the time. 10, 20 years from now, if I stay on this path, what's going to happen to me as a human being? Where am I going to go? Once you embrace the horror of what that can mean, once you see the prices that you can pay, then and only then will you allow yourself to turn around and make some actual shifts within your world. That's how I would do it on your own. I thought I find it extremely challenging to do it on our own. I would suggest anything like, once again, the classes that we offer, that's what they're put together for, for you to get to get into um, awareness of what's happening in your world and why you're creating this world the way you're creating it. So that you can basically educate that part of you and then now create a world that's in alignment with the joy, the happiness that you want to embrace and have a part, be a part of. In other words, living a life where you look in a mirror and are really happy at what you see, excited that the person you're looking at and feeling powerful and feeling that you have actually some control, but actually not even control of your world, but you matter within your world. I think we want to matter more so than we want to be control of it. Control is kind of boring. All right, Kat, next question. Next from M.A. It is easy for me to envision things as I want them to be and see the positive. Yet how do I feel the positive when I'm up to my eyebrows and alligators? When you're up to your eyebrows and alligators, I've actually heard that phrase a different way in my life, but anyways, when you're up to your eyebrows and alligators, um, when you, you, what I know, but my belief is this, simply this, if you're trying to be positive at that point, you're not actually living, letting yourself live in the moment up to our eyebrows and alligators means there's a need for us to be up to our eyebrows and alligators. It means we're bringing a teaching moment around us. We're having an, an opportunity for transformation in front of us. There's an opportunity for something to take place. And that may entail us embracing some pain, possibly embracing some hurt, probably embracing things that we don't necessarily believe in. Our belief systems are being challenged, um, possibly facing, you know, facing the music, maybe taking it, you know, taking um, responsibility for something that we've done. And so in those times, positive and negative has no value whatsoever. Positive and negative don't have a lot of value anyway, but in those times, they don't at all. In those times, the reality is this. You said, Genie, I want to grow. And the genie went, here you go. Here's your opportunity. Now your job is to embrace it, become aware of it, 
Simulate, bring in as much as you can of it, and notice what it does to you as you do so. What do you feel inside? What do you experience inside? And if you truly embrace it, you're going to be alive. You're going to be alive in the midst of what some people deem hell. But you're going to be alive in a way that you know you're not going to be overwhelmed, but you're actually going to be able to use it to move you toward the future you. And so it's not looking into your life and going, gosh, I need to avoid these things. No, all things in your life are to be embraced. All things, because we, what we do is we have a tendency of putting things in the good, the bad category, the positive and the negative category. And they're not good or bad. They're not positive and negative. They just are. And they're coming to you because it's you wanting to grow. You're bringing up the very perfect things that you need, you need to work through to elevate yourself to the next step. So I'd stop trying to make it positive. I'd stop trying to be happy about it or trying to bring whatever false energies to, to it. And I would allow yourself just to embrace it and whatever feelings and energies come up for you, feel those feelings and energies. If you find yourself feeling sad, feel sad and be truly sad. If you find yourself getting angry, let yourself get angry. If you find yourself being frustrated, let yourself be frustrated. These are emotions, see? And as human beings, we're meant to actually be in all the emotions. Our leadership class, one of the biggest powerful things I learned throughout is leaders empowered by their wholeness as men and women. Your wholeness is not just things that you deem to be positive. Your wholeness is both what you deem to be positive and what you deem to be negative. In other words, throw the positive and negative out. Your wholeness is you, all of you, the happy parts, the sad parts, the angry parts, the, the joyful parts, the um, frustrated parts, the excited parts, the parts that you hate and the parts that you love, the parts that you want no one to find out about and the parts you want to tell everybody. It's all you. And they're actually the patterns by which you are going to embrace and grow and become a holistic woman or a holistic man that no longer has fears of people finding out where they came from where they're going. How are you going to act in this negative situation when you're up to your ankles and alligators or you're up to your hips and alligators, you're up to your eyelids and alligators? No, now you just, you're not worried about how others see you. What you're concerned about is you being you through the situation, you bringing forth your authentic self, you bringing forth the very qualities that make you human. And you, as you will learn, it becomes an experience that now becomes a new story for you to create something different in your future. All right, Kat, next question. Next from MD. What if your reality is not going the way you want? MD, that's one of the reasons I actually started going to the basic. I couldn't understand why my world is not working out the way I want it to work out. It seems like I'm a good guy. I do all these good things for people. I'm a nice guy to a fault. I mean, I feel like I'm doing everything right in my life, you know, and yet it's like life is not working out. Matter of fact, life is turning the other way. There's a time where I was really, I was fairly wealthy and all of a sudden now I was becoming really poor. I said, what's, what's going on? It seems like if I try to be a nice guy, more and more bad things happen. That's one of the reasons I started taking the basic. And what I noticed is that when I took the basic, um, my reality is doing exactly what I want my reality to do. It's not making a turn for the worse. It's actually, I'm creating it moment by moment by moment. I was blaming God or blaming the world or blaming the universe for what was happening to me. I was victim to my world, what was happening to me. And now through some of the tools that I got out of the basic, I realized I am responsible for what I'm creating in a moment by moment basis based off the choices and decisions that I make or the choices and decisions I don't make. And so I got to look at my reality and go, why this reality? Why am I creating this one? Why am I creating where I'm poor and single and lonely and alone? Why, why that one? And I found as I started actually looking into it that way and discovered there were some reasons I'm creating that. And there's a good part of me that really likes that to happen. And so you want to start looking at, okay, what about this reality is appealing to you? And you can't say it's not because based on results, it's your reality. Based on results, you're the one who's creating it. By the, choices, by the choices and decisions that you're making or not making, you're making this reality happen. 
It's not blaming yourself or blaming the world or blaming God. No, it's like, okay, so why in the world would I make this happen? And I bet you when you start looking inside, there's a part of you that believes or fears you deserve that. Believes or fears that you're not enough or you don't belong or you're un, un, unlovable. There's something going on inside that's allowing you to create this. And as simplistic as it sounds, it's not as simplistic as it sounds. Because there's a lot of emotional energy assigned to it. And there's a lot of you wanting to be right about something when it comes to your parents and your upbringing. And so it's attached to some things. It's a little bit deeper than you realize. So we, take, we tell people in the basic a lot of times, we tell them about virtually every class. The only thing on the planet that doesn't know there's water is fish. Fish don't know there's water because they're in the water. They don't know there's water until you take them out of the water. Well, here's the reality about your life. You can't see your life very well when you're in it. You're seeing its results. You're seeing what's happening. And what you're asking is you're asking yourself to look on the outside of it like you're looking outside the box. You want to get outside the box and look at the instructions and see what's going on. And you have in-the-box thinking right now. So you can't see out from the outside. And so, you know, ways ways you must give information that's on the outside, i.e. coaching, doing, doing classes, um, doing something different to where you get some information from the outside. Until you get some sort of outside feedback, it's going to be very challenging to move your life around that's in alignment with your deepest desire. Because I'll tell you right now, your deepest desire is not have what you have right now. Your deepest desire is to have some sort of liberty, to go where you want to go when you want to go there, to have what you want to have when you want to have it, to be who you want to be when you want to be it, to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And you're hampered and shackled in all these old belief systems of what you can and cannot have. And you've put them all in yourself. See, the point is, we're the ones who designed the cage. We're the ones who designed the whole thing. We made it impervious so pain and energies cannot get in. We made it look like nothing can get out. But the truth is, we built it. We know where the keys are. We can always get out of it. We have to have a reason to get out of it. The water isn't hot enough yet for you. And so it's getting hotter, though, for you to inquire like this on this kind of podcast. I tip my hat to you, and thanks for being honest. Kat, next question? Next from TH. Why do problems seem to occupy so much of my time? I guess maybe if you've listened to a lot of what I said thus far, you probably know my answer because a lot of you, because a part of you likes problems. I, uh, my sister, she, she, she's, she creates her personal value and her personal self-esteem based on create, fixing problems, her problems, other people's problems. And she's always trying to be some sort of savior, fixing problems, fixing problems, fixing problems. Unfortunately, she's missing out on living her life, but the life that she has now is the fixing the problems thing. The thing is you're fixing problems because you're trying to scratch and scratch an itch and you're trying to scratch it with the scratch of, well, I'll fix problems and actually, instead of actually doing something that I want with my life. And so once again, something needs to be educated back there. What do you get out of scratch? What do you get out of solving problems? What's the benefit of these solving problems? If it's you get a higher self-esteem or you get to feel better about yourself, it doesn't last very long. What I liken it to is like, it's like a drug. It's like cocaine. Cocaine only gives you the desire to have more cocaine. That's the frustration with drugs. Drugs only give you the desire to have more drugs. Well, this kind of way of creating self-esteem only creates a desire to have more more problems to solve, more problems to solve, more problems to solve. It keeps you busy. It keeps you active. It gives you meaning to your life. But what your life is asking you to is really look at it, not that all these problems are in my life, but why? Why am I bringing these problems in my life? Of all the possible lives I can create, why this one? Where am I not developing my self-esteem? See, to develop self-esteem, we've got to keep our word, our relationship with our word and who we are as a human being. That establishes self-esteem. Standing up for ourselves, that establishes self-esteem. Busting up old beliefs around our self-esteem, that, self that establishes self-esteem. Once you establish your self-esteem, you now choose a path of someone who has powerful self-esteem. Not someone who constantly needs problems to solve, to feel meaningful, or to have something handled. And so once again, it's your life talking to you. Our lives are always talking to us. They're always talking. Sometimes they're yelling. Sometimes they scream at us. But they're always talking to us. They're giving us what we need to move forward. 
Because the truth is we have what we want. It's inside of us. I tell a story a lot of times in the basic about the Wizard of Oz. And um, we're all like, the you know, we're all like Frank Baum was right to us. You got Dorothy with her little dog Toto who flew out of the sky and landed up what seems to be Ronald McDonald but turns out to be a wicked witch. She wants to get back home, so she's got to see a wizard who's in Oz, and so she's told to travel along the Yellow Brick Road. So she travels along that road, and as she does so, she comes across a, whiz, a, a scarecrow played by Michael Jackson in The Wiz. She goes a little bit along around the road. She comes across a, coward, a, a lion who wants courage, and then she comes across a tin man who's uh, always crying and rusting himself up. Along the road, they come on tragedy, problems need to be solved, things need to be happened, scary, scary place, just like our lives, scary, scary place. But when we get to the end of the book, we find out in reflection, when a problem needs to be solved, the one who solved it was a scarecrow, the one without a brain. When someone had to act courageous, it was the lion, the one without courage. And who was always rusting up because he was crying? Hmm, the Tin Man, the one who wanted a heart. And ultimately we find out Dorothy never left home. She was always there. See, what you want inside of you, the desires to be realized. And the way it's going to use to get you there, using problems, pain, scenarios, for you to bust through and ultimately break through and transform into the woman or man that you want to be. All right, Kat, next question. Next from SK. I love affirmations. How do affirmations come into play with creating or constructing our reality? Is there a better way than just repeating words to make it more real? Affirmations, when we love them, they're in alignment with the value system that we have created at some level. And so you want we want to actually look at what catches our interest or what do we find to be cool or what do we find to be amazing and so when those things that catch our interest what we see in our reality because they're associated with certain values that we have as human beings like you have all of us have a set of values and in fact over the years one of the things we've worked at a lot inside seminars is start looking at what are some of the values you have what are the major principles that you desire, um, that you want, because those values and those principles being fulfilled, that's what brings fulfillment to life, ultimately. And so to be excited about memes or phrases like that, it's telling you to go back and start digging into your values and start actually discovering truly more of what these are and then applying more of the same thing to them. Maybe it's taking a course, maybe it's traveling, maybe it's writing a book, maybe it's doing something else, but it's asking you to go back and begin to discover what is this core value. Oddly, one of my biggest core values is fun, F-U-N. I've realized and decided that my whole life long. If it's not fun, I'm not going to do it. And so a lot of things that catch my eye are things that I find to be clever or funny or things of that nature, and because um, I think there's a certain levity in this planet that needs to be exploited. I remember Einstein, in one of his writings I read, he said, you know, you know you're in a good space if, you're, if your universe is expanding and if it's becoming funnier. He goes, you know you're going the wrong way if your universe is contracting and becoming scarier. It was never meant to go that way. If you find it small and scary, time to, time to expand it and start seeing where it's funny. So he, told, he said it, it takes a very powerful mind to see to bring humor and funny into any particular exist into into existence, he goes. It takes even a more powerful mind to live a live a life of gratitude, bringing gratitude into each and every scenario. And so, those were the ultimates that he thought we pursued as human beings, and everything was like a byproduct thereof. Um, and so, the memes—they're just—they're just the they're the they're the appetizers. They're the appetizers. The little phrases, they're the appetizers. What they're asking you to go to is, is now let's look for some books on those on those same subjects. Let's look for maybe a, a, a workshop on that same subject. We have a great thing over here called Spirit Rock. Up, it's up in my area. Spirit Rock has workshops all the time, one-day workshops, and they have great little things about meditation or or a meditation and leadership or, you know, uh, writings, they've got just a lot of little things you can just jump in and step into. And so I have, a, I have the great opportunity to go over there quite often and just take a one-day one day course. 
And so maybe it's actually calling you into where now maybe it's time for you to write some memes, or maybe it's time for you to write a novel, or it's time for you to do a little bit more. That's bringing it to a more substantial level. You not just being entertained by it, but you now partaking in it. You now basically adding to it. You now doing a thing called contributing. We as humans love to contribute. We're always contributing. The challenge is starting to notice what are we contributing. If you follow this path, you will find yourself contributing the light that you experience from these memes and these short stories that are bringing that light. But that's your pathway that you're going to have to break up and somehow discover. Good question. Once again, thanks for being honest. All right, Kat, next question. Well, that's really all the time we have for questions. Oh, my um, gosh. Look at it. It's almost, <laughs> wow, an hour went by. It goes by fast. Uh, and there's just so many questions that we could never get through them all. Uh, we do have quite a few people on the call who have not yet done our courses. So if you could just take a couple of minutes to share what it is about the PSI courses that's different from what else is out there and how that applies to our teaching tonight. Okay. Um, I have done a, quite a few other courses in my lifetime, and I guess the most notable that I will explain is that we are really highly experiential. Experiential means you're an experiential being. See, you remember and you basically absorb experiences. Um, experiences are emotions and thoughts that are attached to any particular event. And so, um, for instance, you had, you've been around some people's houses who aren't really houses, they're homes. They're, they're a joy to be around. For some reason, there's a healing that takes place when you're there. That's an experience. So experiences really assist us in moving through to breakthrough points in our world. Because we can get in our head and we can lie to ourselves all we want. When we're up in our head, man, we are, I am a master at weaving and conniving and conniving and never actually holding myself to actually doing some action or movement. But when you start trying to connect back into your emotional realm and become a whole human being, that's where you need to have experiential happenings. And so this experiential seminar, what it does, it gets you into moments to where you can go, you, you just go, oh, my gosh, I did not see that. Oh, my gosh, I did not see that. Because you can say, no, I'm not afraid of these things. But then all of a sudden you're standing on the side of a hill, maybe leaning off of it or jumping off of it. And then your whole being is going, this is crazy. All these fears are coming up and all this energy is coming up because you are fearful of some things. You do have some energy around some things, just not in your head, but in your body and your wholeness you do. So the basic, again, aha training, it's like you talked about. It's a, it's there, it's a, Experiential training that you get a chance to just do a bunch of stuff through a three-day process that literally gets you little breakthroughs and little ahas all along the way. Life success course, transformational training where you're actively involved and you, you're breaking through some major barriers, some major limiting beliefs that are holding you back in your world, especially around relationships and around wealth and around people and around just basically clarity of what your purpose is as a human being. And our, then our leadership class ultimately is before you can lead anybody, anywhere, anything, you got to start looking at how you're leading yourself. How are you leading yourself? Do you find that you're the one who's making the calls within your world? You're the one who's driving yourself forward. You're the one who's calling forth discipline when discipline is necessary. You're the one that's back actively making a difference in your world. Or are you allowing others to influence you? You're allowing others to dictate what you do. You're allowing reality, so to speak get you down. You're allowing the circumstances to decide or discern whether you have a good day or not. And so these are the kind of courses that we offer. These, the basic life success course in men's and women's leadership. That's a little bit about it. Perfect. Could you give us just a couple takeaways from your teaching and then we'll wrap up the call and we'll see everyone next month. Okay. Takeaways would be this. You're the creation. You're the author of your reality. You're the one. You're responsible. Because of which, I don't care how terrible it may feel right now, that's a huge power to know that. Because if you're creating this, you can change this. You can alter this. You can break through this. And actually, you can use this to be the stepping stone to move forward in your life. 
All you got to do is start thinking differently about it. Go in using the realm of now and the realm of meaning. Start noticing the meanings that you put on events. It's not true that you're not enough. It's not true that you're unlevel. It's not. These aren't true. These are meanings that you placed upon events. And start making up new stories. Why don't you, why don't you make up a cool story? I'm powerful and awesome. I belong. I'm a millionaire. And just start making up stories and attach them to events. And you can actually take control of things in your world and you start taking baby steps that will work into a tipping point until you get to a place where you're making true alterations in what you're doing as a human being. That's about all. That's a great wrap-up. <laughs> That's an awesome call. Thank you so much, Rob, for sharing your teaching with us tonight. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, June 12th. You can register now at PSILive.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's PSILive.com. If you are getting value from our podcast, don't forget to rate us and leave a review on iTunes. And definitely share it with anyone you think would benefit. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic course, you can go to PSIBasicSeminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration. Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night. Night.